Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. This is the show where conversations save lives. Tonight is episode 128. My name is Jeff. Glad that you've joined us here on the show this week. With me as always, DW, I know things in your world have been pretty crazy the last couple weeks, but it's just good to be around you. It's good to be hanging out with you tonight. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, and I, I am doing very well. God has been faithful and continues to be faithful. He will always be faithful. You got to put that in uh, in your bank and, uh, and trust it because he's older than we are, smarter than we are, and loves us, so we can trust him. And he's proving that over and over again, and he will prove it. I'm glad to have Jason back with us this week. Jason, preparation's going well. How's the frontier? It's it's coming. It's coming. You know, it's it's that time of year. The next uh, probably four weeks will be very busy, and then obviously we, we launch into the showdown, which is our summer theme for this summer. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Did I say that often? I should um, say that every time you say showdown. Showdown. Yeah. Showdown. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> But no, we're, we're getting very excited up here. Uh, I'm glad that things are, are slowly warming up. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, we do pre-record these programs, but just so you so you know, yes, we're at the average temperature right now for this time of year. Well, I didn't... I'm just saying. Nothing in what I said... I think said, weather gets a bit bum ramp. Bum weather, ramp? Weather. Bum. I didn't know weather. <laughs> it's a bum map. I didn't know weather had a bum, but anyways. <laughs> Green Bay has been below normal for the last couple of weeks, so it's it'll be good to finally get back in the 60s. I'm sure, though, if you're building stuff outside, you don't really want it to be too much above 65 because then it really kind of gets a little bit sweaty. I don't think it's politically correct to say that Green Bay is below normal. Well, they don't know. They're really well above average here in Green, Green Bay. Green Bay is abnormal. That's what I heard you say. Green Bay is abnormal. Would you expect anything different? They are below normal. No, I think the whole because they they have the Packers. They're I think below the whole normal. I think the whole world is above average. See, look what you did, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> look what you started. How does this happen? Oh, boy. Jason gets a point all of a sudden on the show. Th- this is political correctness gone crazy. Let's just make sure that everybody's above average, shall we? Yeah, we just let a bear fan get a point. Are you trying to dig yourself out of the hole? Where where is average? Average is probably a town in Canada. The bears. <laughs> yeah, the bears. Very good. Above average would be Green Bay. Whatever. No. It, you ever think of that? Did you, did you ever meet someone that says, I just want to be average? Uh, yeah, it was me, honestly, you. in school. <laughs> in, in school. When my dad used to say, Dave, here's the grades, you know, A, B, C, D. Why didn't they go E anyway? They went F. A, I B, think they have E's in Ireland. They use E? I think so. Yeah, well, they use F here for some reason. We skip E. It must be a bad letter. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, however, it was like, so dad, I used to say, what's the average? He goes, well, probably C. I go, what's wrong with being average? <laughs> honestly. I mean, a lot of guys ahead of you, a lot of guys behind you. You just kind of blend in. Nothing it's wrong with average. He didn't buy this at all. I needed to get A's and yeah. B's. <laughs> he wanted you to be a valedictorian is what he wanted. No, he didn't want that because he knew that was that was hopeless. <laughs> but he wanted me to at least get A's and B's. He thought I was capable of such things. And I thought, what is so wrong with being average? There are people that would love their children to be average. 
my brother was actually top of his class graduating in high school, public school of all places. So wow. I have that going for me because my brother is super You're smart. related to above uh, average. I'm related to <laughs> above a, average by association. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Tara Kay is hey. back with us on the show. Welcome back. Good to be back. Good to have you. Thanks. So if you're new to HopeNet Radio, this is the show where conversations save lives. Tonight, I have to be honest, we do some shows around an entertaining atmosphere, and just tonight is kind of a heavier night. We've had some things going on in the last couple of weeks. Last weekend, we had a, a situation, an event happen um, up in Anago. There was It's prom season, so a lot of kids are going out to prom. And Well, maybe, Dave, you can kind of share a little bit about this uh, this event and an almost tragedy. Well, it was a tragedy up in Anago. Yeah. You know what? They were coming out of the school. Um, I think everything was, was over for the night, and, and they were coming out, and a, and a gunman about 20 yards from the students opened fire with an assault rifle and and hit um, two young people, one uh, in the uh, leg and pretty much went through the front of the leg and, and, and blew the calf muscle apart. And, and uh, so he was down, and his date had a, a bullet go through her thigh, um, fortunately through the very end of her thigh. Some people had called it a grazing, but it was actually a, a bullet hole that went in and out um, there. And the Anago police uh, were there, and their quick actions were able to prevent uh, a great tragedy as they uh, were able to fire upon the young man that was shooting. And unfortunately, his life was taken that day. And when I look at it, it, it is such a mess. I mean, when you look at this, there are people just celebrating, having a good time, whatever they do. And, and all of a sudden, there's a young man that is not happy with life and not happy with the world and... He opened fires on people. And then a police officer who is really a hero. You know how these police officers, they, they have to make decisions in split seconds that will alter life. And, and this police officer had to look at this guy with the gun and make a decision he was going to take him down in order to save the other people. In many ways, that police officer is a hero, and yet... This is a small community. I have no doubt that he knew this, the boy and probably his family and everything else, and he's having to take him down in order to prevent more tragedy of the people coming out of the building. So it's been a rough weekend for a small community in that sense. But I tell you, I, we know very well those uh, young people that were involved in getting shot, and uh, I have spent time with them. Jason has spent time with them. They are a part of our Silver Bird Trans community up here. We are so thrilled at their attitude and the hope that they're giving a community through this whole event. So much so that, that as I visited with uh, the family in the hospital, I came away more encouraged than I went in. And I went there to encourage them. Hmm. I went there to talk to them about the, the goodness of God in the midst of tragedy. I went to talk to them about our prayers and our concerns and, and to be a support to them. Yeah. And, and while I was there, I was able to do those things, I'm sure, but I was also able to come away thinking, God, thank you for this family. Thank you for their understanding of who you are. And you know, if, if I could summarize things, if people aren't going to listen to the rest of the show, I want them to hear something. There is a way to solve the problems that we face in this nation. It's not going to be happening through government, and it's not going to be happening through laws. It's certainly not going to be happening if we limit guns. That's, that's not going to do anything. The answer is found in a real relationship with God. When you have a relationship with God, it changes everything about your life. In fact, I, I would suggest this, and this is a bold suggestion, that if this young man who uh, did the shooting that night, 
if he would have been somebody who loved God and was obedient to God, he wouldn't have been shooting people that night. The answer is to bring people that are separated from God back into relationship with God. And that's important. And some might say, well, people that are in religion do, you know, jihad kind of things and crazy things all the time. Let me clarify. The, the God that is portrayed by the name of Allah in the Quran and the God in the Bible are not the same. And, and the only true God, which is the one in the Bible, if you love him and you obey him, you are not picking up guns and randomly shooting people. That isn't what we do, and that isn't what God teaches, and that isn't what happens when you're in a good relationship with him. I think, and we need to talk about this the rest of the program, but the answer for what's going on in our nation is there. But our nation may not want the answer, and the answer really is going back to God. And and I think that's what we need to talk about. So hopefully in the in the segments to come, we can uncover this a little bit and talk more about uh, solutions and uh, and possibly what we can do to be a part of the answer rather than just constantly live in fear and shrug our shoulders and wonder what we could do. You know, there's a lot of people asking the same questions. Why? What can we do to prevent this from happening again? What, well, how do we respond? Even as Christians, this is something that it doesn't make sense to anybody. We're all asking the same questions. Christians, those who are outside the faith, those who maybe are a part of a different faith, we're, we're grappling with questions that we don't have answers to. And so tonight we want to break down this conversation a little bit and actually open up that dialogue. How do we talk about this? How do we bring about hope? How does hope come in and intersect in the midst of pain, in the midst of tragedy? People are hurting all over the place. You might be in a city that is a little bit similar. Maybe you've had some situations in your past that this might be a sensitive issue to talk about. If you need to, anytime tonight and you need to chat with somebody and talk to them about some of the stuff you're feeling, maybe you've not dealt with pain in your life, go and chat with one of our live coaches at HopeNet360.com. This conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, Tara Kay hanging out with you guys on the show tonight. Jump on the tweet back with us. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Also in May, now that it is May... This is Mental Health Month, and we are excited to be partnering with the Don't Let Go campaign. More about the Don't Let Go campaign, go to hopenet360.com slash don't let go. So glad that you joined us here tonight on the show. A little bit heavier of a night we've had. If you're just tuning in, we just had one of probably the hardest couple of events here in the last week. In the whole month of April, maybe even in 2016 so far, could have been a lot worse of an antigo, but it was still it's still painful. You still had one young person who... Uh, again, tragically decided to make a choice that ended up affecting his life and that Wisconsin Rapids has also been touched. The small communities are being rocked right now by some real significant tragedies. And maybe tonight, that's kind of the world you're in. There's been a lot of pain, a lot of tragedy. You're trying to deal with emotions and, and memories that you just don't know how to wrap your mind around. And so tonight we want to have a conversation around this. It can be a difficult one to talk about. Someone needs to open up that dialogue and just say, yes, there's a lot of pain happening around us. Yes, there's broken lives. There are broken relationships now. There are broken pieces. 
And all of us here, I think, on the show have, have been through those situations where we've either known somebody, we've been in a situation in our life where there were just broken pieces and we didn't know how to put them back together. And a lot of questions come up in this time, Dave. And I'm kind of leaning on your wisdom tonight because I have a lot more questions than I have answers, it seems. When pain strikes us, often we, we try and run from it. We try and escape it. But there is no escaping pain in this world. There's no way to escape it. And, and people try and escape it through different ways. They, they might use alcohol, drugs, entertainment, whatever. And, and for a moment they escape it, but it, it comes right back and it's like a boomerang. It, it, it stays with them. Um, in Anago, there was the, the shooting that we had talked about. And there's a young man that went down and, and, and he's a very athletic young man, loves God. And, uh, really, uh, it, the bullet did some real damage to his lower leg. As his dad spoke to me the morning after, he, he said, yes, his lower leg is in bad shape. And, and it is. And, and when I went and visited with the family in the hospital, this is a family that radiated God's love. You know, one of the very first statements they made to me was the concern for the family of the guy with the gun, because they understand that for, for this family, it's far more tragic. There are so many unanswered questions and, and the boy isn't around anymore to even talk to and help. He's gone. It's a tragedy for the family. For them, it's a very much of an inconvenience at this point. We live in a time where surgery can take place and uh, rehab can take place. That's going to be different for them. But the other family has lost a child in a very tragic way, and the last memory of them is not a sweet memory. Hmm. So he, immediately he was concerned for the other family. And, and you might wonder, okay, why does somebody at this time just not show anger or bitterness? You know, I've learned through the years that anger and bitterness solve nothing. In fact, they make everything worse. There's no way. You can be angry and bitter right now about life, about people, and I will promise you this, that your anger and your bitterness will make things worse. They will not solve the problem. Let me read a statement. Can I read a statement here, Jeff, of what the, the family said about um, the official statement to the press. Please do. About what happened. Yes. And he continues to guard their identity. And we want to respect that. He will not use the students' names for obvious reasons. They're not in this to try and be people that Good Morning America talks about. They, they don't want that. This isn't something that they want to highlight. So let me just read it the way he wrote it. He said, the student is doing well. This, speaking of the one that got shot. He has come through a long surgery and will recover with time and effort. But we have always believed that God is good and has a plan even in the midst of tragedy. We are so thankful for his girlfriend and two friends on the scene who acted so bravely and calm. We would also like to thank the police officers who responded so quickly, the medical staff, doctors, and surgeons that have already gone above and beyond to help our son, and all the law enforcement from many counties who have dedicated themselves to investigating the shooting. We would like to especially thank the officers who saved the lives of our son, his girlfriend, their two friends, and countless amount of students and staff and others in, their, in and around the school. Lastly, we cannot express enough thanks for our family, friends, fellow employees, church, employers, school administration, and those in the community who continue to shown, communicate their kindness and love to our son and family. Please continue to pray for the student, his girlfriend, two friends, fellow classmates, and everyone else involved as they recover from this traumatic night. Please also pray for the family of Jacob Wagner. This is the guy who did the shooting. This is the family who is the victim. Listen to what they said. Please also pray for the family of Jacob Wagner. As much as we are struggling through this event, 
We cannot imagine the grief that they are experiencing at this time. We want everyone to know that we believe and trust in the eternal God. We are so thankful for the hope that we have in him, that all can be forgiven of their sins and have eternal life when they believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. Period. That is a statement of somebody that has hope. That is a statement of somebody who understands life and death. That's a statement of somebody who has their life together, who refuses to be bitter and angry and, and vengeful. That, that's a statement of somebody who is living life the way it was meant to be. And, and we can only imagine, all of us can only imagine what life would be like if we would be surrounded by people like this, who loved God. You know, God told us when, when he was asked what's important in life, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Love your neighbors yourself. That's all he said. In the Bible, when it says love the Lord your God, it means obey God. Obey God. Why? When I went to the hospital before that, I, I wanted to remind the family that um, God has a commitment to them. And I said, you, you remember what his commitment to you is? It's to your good. God has not abandoned his commitment at this point. It is to your good. Don't be bitter. Don't be angry. Let's see how God uses this tragedy. Job, if you go into the Bible and you look at the book of Job, you, you see that Job was doing everything that he should have done. And because he was doing everything that he should have done, he became a target for the evil one. And in being a target for the evil one, if you would go read that book, and I, I hope our listeners do, you will see indication that the angels in heaven and God and Satan were all watching Job's response to this. That Job, in this weird and unconventional way, was being put in the spotlight of eternal things. And in the process, Job was able to show what it was to love God and walk with God. This family in Anago has been thrust in the spotlight, a spotlight they don't want to be in. But as they're in the spotlight, they're able to be on a platform where they can actually show that the relationship with God that they have actually makes a difference. Now, you can contrast that with uh, the lives that do not have God in their lives and trying to figure this one out. I mean, if we're going to go down that path and try and figure this out without God, nothing makes sense. There is no hope. There is no way to, to, to understand how to fix it. Our nation right now needs to understand that our problem is not that we don't have enough laws or not have enough money or not enough lights around the school. That That's not the problems. The problem dwells in the heart of man. We are a sinful people. And the only way for us to be okay is to admit the sin and be able to accept the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father and restore relationship with Him. Those listening tonight, I want to ask them very seriously. Nick, if you are struggling tonight with thoughts and depression and anger, would you go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a live coach tonight? Go talk to them. Tell them what you're thinking. Give us a chance to talk to you about what you need to do to fix this, and, and don't take it into your own hands. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about this, talk a little bit about the statement, what our thoughts are, and, and what you hear from a statement like that. And tonight, we're not trying to bring light to a situation and use it for our own gain. We want to have 
a conversation about this, about dealing with tragedy and trauma in our lives. We all face difficult situations. We go through adversity. We deal with situations that we don't understand. And so we want to have an honest conversation about it. Join us on the Tweetback tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Also, if you want to be a little bit more anonymous and just contact us directly, you can send us an email to hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also, this Thursday is National Day of Prayer. Last week, we talked to Jeff Eckert from Claim Your Campus, this movement to bring prayer to every single middle and high school across the United States. And National Day of Prayer is happening this Thursday for everybody. So middle school, high school, be a part of the Claim Your Campus movement and be also a part of the National Day of Prayer and just praying for schools, praying for our communities, praying for our world, our nation right now. You know, it doesn't take an election cycle to realize how much control we do not have it seems like this is one of those times where we're focused, again, on the reality that we just cannot control a lot of things. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara K with you on the show tonight. And it's a little bit heavier of a night. We've had some events happen, not just in Anago, but also Wisconsin Rapids is another community that's been shaken by tragedy, senseless tragedy. And many young people today, many communities are just asking that question, why? What could we have done to prevent this what could we have done even now what can we do now you know some people say well maybe gun control is the process maybe other legislation maybe we got to increase mental health funding well tara as you've been listening to some of the show and and the statement by the family that was rocked up in in anago there's so many broken pieces in communities what did you hear in that statement that stood out to you i think what really stood out to me was the the reaction of the family i mean as a whole i i think that's such a testimony to the other students at the school. I know Lisa, uh, the director of Damascus Road, her kids go to Anago High School and they were there. And she mentioned how it was really tough for them to go back to school on Monday, you know, going back to that, that environment where that happened. Those students are going to remember that day for the rest of their lives. When I was in high school, we had, uh, it was more around the time of Columbine and we had a copycat incident that happened at my high school where there was a hit list and our logo dripping in blood on online and the school was on lockdown. And I remember everything about that day. I remember where I was. I remember what happened. Um, in this situation, the students are going to remember exactly the same things. What happened, where they were, but how the family reacted, I think is really going to stick in their mind. So it's just a really great testimony for this family to focus on their faith and to be and use it as their testimony because they, the kids can look back and they're going to remember how well the family and the students that were, that were hurt responded. I could just go along with that too, you know, because having known this family and and the student that was injured and visiting them since since last weekend, it's not just the parents that are driving this this response. It's it's just as much the student that has that same mentality, and and that was encouraging to me, you know, for being an eighteen year old guy, you know, senior in high school, you just wonder if if he thinks the same thing, and just ha- having time to just dialogue with him, and even last night on his Instagram account. 
you know, in the middle of the night, because when you're in the hospital, they wake you up all the time to take meds and stuff. You know, he just referenced having a conversation with God, and he referenced, you know, what what currently is his favorite verse, and that's Psalm fifty fifteen. And I will call to me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. And that's that's exactly what's going on in their lives right now, you know. And I think that when we look at different tragedies like this. You know, people respond in different ways, but it's amazing to see the correlation between these tragedies and the way that Christians who have that hope respond. Because it, it, it rather than driving towards towards just dwelling on on the bad that it happened, it's remembering that we live for a God who's sovereign, that uses situations that is beyond our understanding for His glory. You know, and 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 in that, he even gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. I mean, Paul referenced that at the end of Philippians. You know, when we bring our needs, requests, and our supplications to God, he gives us that peace which surpasses all understanding. And 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 you see that happening in Anago. I live in the community of Anago, and so it's 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 been somewhat surreal to be in in that community. But the cool thing is that you see the community looking at this family and following their lead. You know, and, and even in the way that they treat the family of, of the shooter, there's forgiveness and there's, there's grace. And that's the amazing thing. And so you even have non-believers responding with forgiveness and grace. And to me, that, that just puts goosebumps all over me because here's a, a tragic situation that, you know, we could talk about not understanding, but the result of it is people are seeing who God is and people are coming to know God. To me, that just blows my mind. And so here's something that was bad and is now turning towards good. Yep. And that's, I think, our, our natural response as believers in any situation. Yep. Because as, as finite human beings, we cannot understand all of the different intricacies of what happens in this world because we're not God. Right. But we can look to the one who is in control and who is always steadfast and always there and say, you know what, we, we trust in you and we know that you're going to use this. Right. And that's what the student has done. He's like, you know what? I'm healing. I'm alive. Even if I wasn't alive, I know that I'd be hanging out with Jesus right now. And that's that's an amazing testimony. And you know, it's interesting. Those who actually have stability in life are those that that can um, that have a relationship with God. Yeah. And and this stability, they're not surprised. They're, they're really plugged into reality. Yeah. Those that have read the Bible understand that there's sin in the world. And sin always causes pain and separation. We know that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a surprise maybe when certain things happen. I mean, certainly the, this boy showing up with a gun, that would be a surprise, that kind of thing. But the fact that there's sinful things that go on and pain and tragedy to anyone who reads the Bible and anyone who pays attention, that, that's something that this family understood will happen. Yeah. Now, now what's interesting is, is that as you look at that, there are many people that are living in a non-real world where they're saying, we need to do something to guarantee this never happens again. Hmm. I'm sorry. Apart from us as a people, as individuals admitting that we're sinful people and that we begin to live in a way that God created us to live. And if we can't say that in our country, if we cannot go back to the basics in our country, then I'm sorry we don't have an answer for this. Mm-hmm. We, we can't have people say, well, here's the standard, there's the standard, I just feel this way, I just want it to be this way. We need to go back to the basics. And, and if you do, you'll, you'll be fine. And for example, in the beginning, God. Not Dave, not anybody else, God. And once we understand that there is a God and there's a way that we were meant to be, then all of a sudden you, you can begin to heal 
the pain and prepare for a life apart from this needless tragedy. Apart from going back to God and apart from reevaluating what we do in life in light of the scriptures and an absolute love that we have from God, there is no way to fix it. This family understands that. And I would challenge anybody to watch this family. What you will find is this, that they too are sinful. If you watch them closely, you'll see that they make mistakes. They do things they shouldn't do. That's, that's because we're human. But you watch because they have the mechanism in place where they understand where life comes from. They understand it's got a purpose. They understand that they could be within the scope of that purpose. And they also understand that through tragedy like they've experienced, they can turn it around because of their understanding and response to God. And they have a responsibility now to show the rest of the world what it looks like to enjoy God and to trust God. I'm telling you, God is the only one that can turn something that happened in Anago to, to triumph. He's the only one. And, and slowly that is happening, and it's happening through people who love him. And I want to encourage our listeners again, if, if you are confused about being in God's family or you are confused about the love of God or you are confused about the plans of God, you know, go to HopeNet360.com and, and talk to some of our live coaches right now because we'll talk you through it. We'd love to help you understand some of this. And, and, and when we get there, we can start to solve some of the issues of our nation. I know our, our politicians aren't going to be able to do that because they can't go there. But we can go there on HopeNet 360, and we invite you to go there with us. Yeah, and I really just want to share with the Wagner family, if you guys are listening to this show tonight, my thoughts and my prayers are with you. And there's hope for your family. And if you are in a situation that is similar where someone that you know that you're close to, family, friends, not just of the Wagner family, but you've been touched by a similar situation where you're now in a spotlight that you never wanted. You didn't want to be in this position. You didn't want the spotlight put on you, and now it's there, and and you can't get rid of it. It's going to take time to go through that pain. I just want to encourage you, look for opportunities to express your grief. Search out a place that you can go that you can be safe, that you can talk about these emotions. If you need some help with that, if you need some resources, we would love to hear from you tonight. Send us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. You are not alone. Even though this dark shadow has been cast over your lives right now, God can take it and use it for your, his purposes. That might be a hard thing to hear, but tonight I want you to know that there is hope for you and that you can have those broken pieces picked back up, put back together. It's not going to change things. It's not going to change history but it can change your future trajectory and that you can use this for a positive thing in being a part of the reconciliation process. And so tonight I just want to encourage you, Wagner family, anyone who's listening that's been in a situation like this where it's just been a, a huge negative, I just want to encourage you get in get in touch with us tonight here on the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us here for the show. If you miss any part of this show tonight, go back and listen to the podcast. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. Go to HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara Kay with you on the show tonight. 
And we've been having a heavy conversation, guys. I think every once in a while, reality hits you in a way where you were like, there's really no easy way to talk about this. And we've been discussing some of the recent events happening around Wisconsin, some small communities that have been rocked by some very tragic events. Uh, thankfully, in Anago, it could have been a lot worse, but it was still bad where, where we lost, we saw the loss of life. And a young man who I'm sure had a very promising future, a lot of things that very well could have been going for him. Uh, sadly, we lost a young man by the name of Jacob. And, uh, and yet God is still at work. He's still working in the midst of this. We saw there's a family right now. There's a, a wife that's been just left with pieces, family members that are torn apart by a murder, suicide that was, that happened over the last week in Wisconsin Rapids. And, and so small towns, many people, wrestling with pain, dealing with pain in their situation. And so there's really no easy way to talk about this. And yet in our own lives, we are facing situations maybe every day, maybe every month, maybe every year in some way. We experience pain. We experience tragedy in a way that we just don't know how to process it. And Dave, I think in the second half of the show, let's talk about the process of it. One thing that you love to talk about is is process. How do we how do we make sense of this? How do we move forward? How do we start picking up the pieces in this? A lot of questions remain after stuff like this happens and a lot of communities are asking that same thing. It's it's what do we do? Part of the problem really is that we see problems like this and then we avoid actually talking about them because we are so concerned about uh, feelings and being politically correct and not hurting somebody, etc. It's kind of like the emperor has no clothes story. There's a problem out there and we need to be able to talk about it. And we need to be able to talk about it with specifics and we need to be able to talk about it in a way that is not uh, demeaning anybody or hurting anybody. And the situation that happened in Anago, what we need to do is look at it and say, okay, could this have been prevented and, and what could we have done to help prevent this problem? And and when we begin to look at it in those terms and talk about it in real terms, we, we now have the capability of doing something about it. And um, we are great as a culture at saying, you know, somebody, these two people I wish I could meet. I wish I could meet somebody and anybody. You know, I mean, somebody needs to do something. Anybody should do something. You know, these people are always getting assignments, but they never fulfill them because there's no people by those names. And so what we want to do is take a look at things. I, I have three different letters I use to just help me. You know, uh, whether you're a first aider or a teacher, um, a lot of times what you do is you, you take things and you put them in a sequence so you can understand how to deal with things. And, and if I'm in the middle of a tragedy, I, I kind of use the three different words that start with P. And one is, how could we prevent something like this in the future? And, and the next would be, how do we prepare for things like this that actually will happen? Because to believe that there will be no tragedies in the future is a lie. There will be. So how do we prepare for that? And, and the last part is, how do we promote healing and promote wellness among the people that uh, need that so that the future, we don't have to deal with it. Prevention and promote are, are very similar, but the promote part is more on the, how do we promote the healing and how do we promote uh, uh, people to live in a way where there's no fear of living with your neighbor and no fear of going out on the street, no fear of going to school? How do we do that? So yeah. prevention is one of my favorite things to work on because uh, if you can prevent a problem, obviously the problem never exists. The problem with prevention is that that it's really hard to get people excited about it. Yeah, Jason, you, you grew up in uh, my home church, yep. right? And you went to uh, Christian College. 
Yep. You have parents that have taken care of you, and you're not somebody who's coming with a. Your parents aren't involved in the mob, in the mob or anything. And I mean, it, you're you're a guy that comes from stability. Yep. Okay. So so we look at that now. Jason has not been out there causing uh, riots. He hasn't been out there trying to legalize uh, heroin. He hasn't been. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff he's not doing. So what you can look at is his past life and say, okay, what are the elements that have gone into your life Mm -hmm. that has caused you to be somebody who actually wants to be a good husband, because I know you do, Mm -hmm. and want to be a good father, and want to invest your life helping others? See, those are good qualities. So, So what is it that went into that to help you get to where you're at today? Yeah, And and that's what, I mean, just off the cuff, what things would you think went into that? You know, I I mean, instantly I think of the people, you know, and I know we talked about the community around us and living in community. And and really it was the people around me that invested into my life that helped coach me and were there for me when, you know, I might have made bad decisions or good decisions or or even to point me back to what is what is right versus what is wrong, you know, and that sort of thing. So so let me just expand on that. I I work with third to fifth graders at our church and and after the tragedy in Antigua, I talk very directly with them. And one of the things I told them was that here's how we can prevent stuff in the future. They need to continue to come to our club, which is called Cross Trainers. Mm-hmm. They need to go to the junior high club, which is, is called TNT. They need to go and continue to come when they're in high school, which is called Quest. And, and they need to start coming on Sundays and be a part of this community. Why? Because as they're a part of the community, there will be people who will be watching them, yeah. and they can go to and talk, and they can be a part of something bigger than themselves. And if they are lonely, if they're going, all of a sudden they're absent, or all of a sudden they're acting different, there'll be people that will notice it and reach out to them and they need to let them and and so at third grade i'm telling the people in anago this is how we can this is one of the ways that we can work at preventing problems in the future mm-hmm. and it, you know what the kids understood that at third grade this is one of the ways that we could do it because right. even the third graders in the town realize you can't keep doing this we need a solution the solution isn't to just say well that's nothing that's the way life goes let's have more gun laws that's not going to solve anything you know what's going to solve things is exactly what you're talking about relationships we were made to be relational and and i would guarantee you that the people that go out oftentimes that are that are doing things like this they're loners they don't have the relationships they need they they long for the relationships they need that kind of thing we need to reach out and make sure that people are in the relationships that they were meant to be in and that's part of the prevention yeah Tara, you're a big advocate for prevention. Your context is human trafficking, but some of your thoughts on prevention. Prevention is one of the key things that we are about um, at the Damascus Road, preventing sexual exploitation and human trafficking. But it's very similar to this situation because prevention, it's difficult. Uh, a lot of people in, in the media or if you're trying to get funding, they want numbers. You know, how many trafficking cases did you prevent or what happened? And you can't really measure things that you've prevented. We often share the same things. A lot of what Dave was saying is making sure in trafficking, it's a, a a pimp will recruit based on vulnerability. Is looking for someone with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. A loner, someone who maybe doesn't have friends or doesn't have someone positively pouring into their life, telling them that they're beautiful, telling them that they're value or that they're important. Because the trafficker knows, well, I'm going to tell them that and they're going to believe me and then do whatever I want them to do. So it's the same thing in this situation. One of the things as we go and speak with um, high schools and have more doors open to us to share 
share about prevention in high schools is we talk about being a peer advocate, reporting what you're seeing. If there's something that's going on with your friend that's that's different, they've changed their behavior, they changed the way they dress, they changed the music that they listen to. These are some key indicators of possibly trafficking or something else that's going on. So if they see something to say something, to say something to their friend that they're noticing it, to say something to a teacher or a parent or a counselor, mm-hmm. and then to not let anyone become vulnerable, to make sure that everyone is being included and to make sure that no one is left on their own mm-hmm. or feels like a loner so that they don't become prey to a trafficker or, you know, do something like the situation that happened or that we've been hearing about happening in a lot of schools across the country. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to talk about the importance of all of this in a spiritual context. Connect with one of our live coaches anytime at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. We've got some tips in there to help you process through difficult situations in your life, tragedies, turmoil, difficulties that, again, are just unexplainable. So glad you joined us here on HopeNet Radio, Jeff. DW, Jason, and Tara Kay on the show. Tara Kay, your organization, Damascus Road. Last month, you had some really cool stuff happening with tra- with just human trafficking awareness and some of the things in the community. I know you have an upcoming event. Can we talk about this event you have coming up? We do. Um, some students, I've been working with some students from Oshkosh North. Our goal is to get into the schools and do um, prevention education. And I've been partnering with them. They are organizing a fundraiser event for Damascus Road at Fratello's in Oshkosh. So if you are looking for a place to go eat on uh, Wednesday, May 25th, um, please consider coming out to Fratello's and a portion of um, the proceeds will go to Damascus Road and helping us prevent human trafficking and also advocate for trafficking victims in the Fox Valley and northern Wisconsin. Awesome. We'll stick that in our show notes tonight so people can find that and remember because it's still a few weeks away, yeah. but it, it'll come up fast. I'm sure May Definitely. just tends to fly by. There's a lot of stuff that happens in May. I can't even believe it's May already. We're going to be in summer pretty soon. And I'm ready for leaves on the trees. That's when I know it's yeah, finally... It's, it's coming. Oh, I just it is leaves. coming. There's many good days in May. What do you say? Take a walk down by the bay? I just may. Whoa. Dude, you are a poet. I didn't I even know it. I've had a week back. That's my two cents. About a week back. <laughs> Well, you know, it feels good to laugh a little bit on this show tonight. We've been on a heavy topic and some things that have been happening in small towns around Wisconsin that created some dark clouds in our community. And that's where a lot of us can tend to be when we've got situations that we don't understand. And and so our response has to be tuned. We've been asking the question, how do we process this, Dave? We talked about prevention a little bit. And I want to kind of move into the next P word that you use about processing trauma, traumatic events, what is it? You know, first it was prevent, and then, then it's really prepare. One thing about clouds, and, and you talked about it like being a cloud over our state and a cloud in areas, what a cloud does is is really allow you to appreciate the light when it comes out. This winter, I, I don't remember, and somebody could go back and check, but I think there were like 4 billion cloudy days and very little sun. And we, uh, my wife and I went out skiing out west in Utah, and for three of the four days that we skied, it was bright sun on the mountains. 
it, there was no powder. I mean, no new snow. And a lot of people like powder. And we're sitting there going, no, bring on the sun. It was so amazing to just be in the sun. See, we appreciated the light and the brightness because of the fact that we were in the, its absence for so long. I mean, people can look in the Bible and they can see that about the Apostle Paul. He used to be Saul. He was a guy living in darkness. He was brutalizing uh, those who were Christians. They were killing them and beating them up, throwing them in jail. And eventually he found Jesus. And, and he was so amazed at the light. He was so amazed at God's grace and God's mercy. See, in order for him to appreciate the mercy of God, he had to understand the darkness of being without him. And right now in our nation, I think this is one of those things where we can begin to prepare to have a dialogue with people. There's a contrast. In order for our nation to heal and for people to live in a way that makes sense, we need to look at the darkness that we've seen and be able to say, you know what, that darkness will continue. But when the light comes, when we understand God and his mercy and his grace and his purposes, it is so wonderful to bathe in that we will enjoy that. When I say prepare, what I really mean is this. I, as an individual, need to prepare for the fact that things are going to come in the future that I will not like. That will be hard to go through. Jason, you have, both your parents are still living, right? Correct. Most likely in your life, one of them will die. Correct. Most likely both of them. Correct. Okay. Now, you know that, so you really, in your mind, need to prepare for that because it will happen. Right. Most likely in your life. Right. Um, likewise, I've talked to uh, my daughters. Now, I've been here at Silverbird Trans for 49 years, and I've talked to them, and I've talked to my wife, and I said, I will leave this place. See, that's inevitable that I will leave. I'll leave in a, in a box. I'll walk out the gate, but I'm going to leave one day. Yeah. See, what, what's interesting is that so often we want to continue to live in a fantasy world that doesn't even exist. When I say prepare, what I really mean is you need to prepare for the inevitable things of life that are going to happen mm. and know that they will happen someday. Right. And the truth is I will be unjustly treated by people. I know that. There will be times where I'll be a victim. I know that. So on the front side, I want to prepare for those moments because I know they're going to come. If I were to give you, Jeff, advice and Jason advice on being a parent, and, and I know that I've said this to the father of the family that was involved in Anago, and I remember sitting with him one day and I said, you know, it's never going to get easier than it is today. Mm-hmm. And, and he looked at me and goes, are you kidding me? I said, no. Wow. And I'm being honest with you. And, and you know how many times he's repeated that to me? I mean, he has told me that over and over again when we meet. It's like, mm-hmm. you said it wasn't going to get easier, and it isn't. You, you know, it's not that I'm, I'm spreading doom and gloom. What I'm doing is honestly telling them, look, your, your children will grow. Things are going to become more complicated. And then when you think they can't get any more complicated, they're going to marry somebody. And, and they're going to bring a whole other family into your family. And there's going to be, you know, and then you're going to have grandchildren. And there's going to be complication, compli- and not, not that these are bad things. But they just add to what's going on in life. And so it it doesn't get easier. So what was my advice to him? My advice to him was, since that's going to happen, you need to right now learn what it is to walk with God, enjoy his presence, enjoy what's going on in your life, and and know that he knows what's going on and guide you through it. And even in this tragedy that he went through in, in Anago, he was able to look at me and say, it doesn't get any easier. You know what I mean? And I prepared for it. Yep. See, so I'm saying prepare for it. Now, you and Jason, I've said this to over and over again. It's not going to get easier. So you two guys need to prepare for it. And when it doesn't get easier, you're not going to abandon ship because 
We've talked about it. You know that it's going to not get easier. So you're preparing for the inevitable. And, and when you prepare, you also put yourself in a position where you can be the example. So right now, this family in Anago, they have prepared for the inevitable. The inevitable has happened. Now, now someone might say, so everyone should prepare for being shot at a... No. We prepare for the fact that we live in a sinful world right. and that we will have to respond somehow to injustice or injustice, whatever the word is. I mean, we're going to have to... We're going to have to deal with that. So prepare for it. And and I think when it happens, then you know what to do. It's like anything else you prepare for. Yeah, I think we, as human beings, we would like to be working towards creating this utopia. And I think we kind of get set on, not that it's impossible to prevent stuff like this to happen. I think it's very possible that a lot of these tragedies could easily be prevented by just simply having some conversations. But the reality is, is we really do everything we can to avoid not just conflict, but we try to avoid tragedy. We try to avoid some of these things. So our mind is all about avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. And one of the things that we were kind of talking about in the break that maybe we can cover if we got some time and what's left in the show, Dave, is that we do tend to want to seek out comfort, but we don't want adversity that can sometimes come with it. There's kind of a relationship, I think, here with comfort and we how in America, especially, we're so focused on being comfortable. But yet, as a Christian, a lot of times... What that means for us is that instead of it bringing a life of comfort, it brings a life of adversity. It might even put a target on our back because we are willing to walk up to someone and open up dialogue with them, and they may not want to hear it. And so this is a difficult thing for a lot of us as people who we do, we love Jesus, but we also tend to love our life. We also tend to love to have one foot in the world to be comfortable, but we just don't want the adversity that could sometimes, oftentimes, come with that comfort. So we're going to talk about this, and we'll look at what the book of 2 Corinthians has to say about it, because as you brought up, Dave, Paul does write about this. He talks about suffering, and I think it's something that we've got to embrace. We've got to understand how it actually works out in our life, and that it is something we should expect. So keep it here on the show. Check out the show notes at Hopenet360.com. This conversation will wrap up when we come back here on Hopenet Radio. Love Hopenet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at Hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara K with you here on the show. And it's been a heavier topic tonight. If any of this is overwhelming to you, you've been listening to it, and if you've gotten this far and it's already, you know, it's been a little bit uncomfortable for you, I just give you credit for walking with us through this grief. And some of the things that we're talking about can bring up some emotions that may be difficult to face in your life. Anytime you need to talk to somebody, there is a live coach, a real person that you can go and talk to at HopeNet360.com. Go and chat with them. Let them know what's on your heart. Let them know what's going on in your life. They would love to hear from you. And maybe they have an experience in their life that they can share with you. Or if you just need someone to listen to, they can just be there to listen to you and to pray with you, to encourage you, to give you some some stuff just to think about. That's the thing that our coaches do really well is they'll just give you something to chew on and take home with you and, and just process through because I guarantee you, it's not about us. It's not about anything we could do in our human flesh. It's about pointing to the one that has the solutions. It's pointing to God and saying God can bring hope in the midst of tragedy. God can bring peace in the midst of life's difficult storms. You can actually have the focus like this family up in Anago that was saying basically 
we forgive the person that wronged us. We also have hope that God can restore our community, our family, and those that are affected by this. We believe there's something that everybody needs to know, and that is because they can have a relationship with God where they can have this perspective. So we've been talking about this. Dave, I want to hear from you. You you shared something with me before we went in the show tonight from 2 Corinthians. And this whole idea, yeah. th- there's a relationship that you talk about between comfort and adversity. Things you would think are polar opposites actually work in tandem with one another. Can you talk about this? I think so many times what happens is we believe that if we do everything right, if we love God, do things right, we're religious people, whatever, then our life is just smooth and comfortable. And it, it, often it isn't. And the Apostle Paul was accused of this, I believe, uh, and, and again, just kind of a background thing, where people thought, here you say you're an apostle and et cetera, but your life is so rough, people are constantly trying to kill you, you're on trial, you're, you're getting beat up all the time. How could this be a blessing of God, basically? And in Second Corinthians 1, the third verse, he answers this. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Hey, as I read this, listen to how many times he uses the word comfort who comforts us in all of our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, what's interesting here is he goes on, and there's more in that passage, the word comfort, but he's he's basically saying, look, yeah, my life has been pretty rough, but in that roughness of my life, I have seen firsthand the comfort of God. I have seen him provide that was something that nobody else could ever provide. Now, if he did not go through the adversity, he would not know that. He would not see that. He would not understand this comfort. Today, we have people that want to enjoy life, and they want to be comfortable, and they want to be comforted apart from God and apart from adversity. There's no way to do that. The truth of the matter is, in this life, on this planet There will be ramifications of sin. There are people that have done wrong and we have done wrong and the sin will stop us from living life the way it was meant to be. That's going to be painful. Not only that, there are natural things that are going to happen. You know, every one of us that are alive, somehow we're going to die. We're going to die from old age. We're going to die from a disease. We're going to get hit by a bus, you know, whatever. But something is going to cause that death and there will be separation because that's what death is. If we do not have a relationship with God, there is no way to go through that because there's no way for the God of comfort. When you read, I I encourage our listeners, go and read 2 Corinthians, especially the first chapter, and see what Paul is talking about when he says, I know this God of comfort because of the adversity I have gone through. This family in Anago that has gone through the adversity, I promise you this, they know more of God and they know more of his comfort than they did before. This young man that's going through the the adversity that actually got shot, he knows more of God and he knows more of his comfort. And you know what the Bible tells us? It's consistent with all of the scriptures. We're to love the Lord our God. We're to love each other. We obey God and, and to love each other. It's like he says here, you will be comforted in which we ourselves are comforted by God. In other words, we can go and share this comfort with others, with all others. You know, I've been through, when I was uh, talking to this young man that got shot, I've been through uh, leg operations and, and different things. And, and I could understand what it's like being in that bed and being operated on not, and having to have therapy, that kind of thing. I went through that already because I've gone through that and I've seen the faithfulness of God and I've seen me come out on the other side. I could give him comfort. I could talk to him about the hope that, that I see in the future. I ended up playing hockey, football, all kinds of stuff. There's hope in the future. 
So when God gives me some troubled times, I need to understand that I can learn from those things. I can understand the comfort that I couldn't understand before. And I am learning this so that when you go through a hard time or Jason does or anybody, that that I can meet them and say, regardless of the pain, I understand what it is to be in pain. And here is where you find comfort because I've learned that. And there's no way to learn it apart from adversity. Jason, as we've gone on this show tonight, what are some of your final thoughts? You know, I think as we look on, you know, hard situations, whether it's like the one in Anago or the one down that just happened this week also in, in Wisconsin Rapids, it's just keeping our perspective on really eternity. Paul many times referred to us in this life as so, sojourners and aliens and how our life is just a mere vapor. It's, it's a temporary thing. And I think sometimes we get so comfortable with life that we think it's all about this life. But really what we're doing is we're living for eternity. It's trying to comprehend that. And so the fact that sin still exists, I mean, Jesus died on the cross. He's coming back one day. And that's the amazing thing is that the presence of sin is still here, but one day God's going to get rid of that. Right now, we're just we're just sojourners. We're aliens. Why? Because we're looking forward to that reunion with Jesus when there will be no more existence of sin. And that's what we need to keep in mind. And, and, and a huge part of that is community. I mean, you look at anything bad that happens, the biggest thing that you see is, is community, turning towards community, a lot of people turning towards God. And I would encourage you, as, as we talked about, you know, the process and, and prevention, and if you're a person out there that doesn't have a community or doesn't have people that you can be real with and talk to, we don't want you to be in a situation where you feel like it's you and only you. Be a part of a community so that you can be encouraged, so that you can grow, and so that you can see who God is and live for Him. And so that when trouble happens... There's people around you that can support you and remind you the fact that we are living for eternity. I'm just glad that we're talking about this topic. And I just agree with what Jason said about having conversation and preparing for pain. I think when I grew up in church and we didn't really in youth group or anything, we didn't really talk about preparing for pain. We memorized a lot of scripture. We talked a lot about great stories and, but we just never really talked about preparing for pain and having those conversations. So when I faced um, certain incidences in my life that were traumatic for me, I don't know that I was prepared to handle them like I could have been. So I just really think that it's great that we're talking about this today and that really encourage people that, you know, if they are going through something that's traumatic or, or if they haven't ever had that conversation or they don't get to talk about it in church or youth group to seek out people to have those conversations with or to call the hope line. Do chat with one of our live coaches on our website, hopenet360.com. I want to encourage you. You're listening tonight. You've been dealing with something like this. Maybe you've been trying to figure out how do, how do I make sense of this in my world? You could have listened to a better show tonight. While it is a heavy topic to talk about and just a heavy conversation in general, these are the conversations we want to have in our lives because I guarantee you stuff that doesn't make sense in your life. Those are situations you're going to be facing at some point. You're going to be facing tragedy. You're going to be facing situations that you don't have answers to. This world doesn't have answers to them. There's hope. There are answers, and it starts with knowing God. It starts with having a relationship with Him. And even that's not the end of it. Then it becomes going and being part of that prevention, going and sharing the good news of knowing God and having a right relationship and knowing that you can go to him with literally anything, any situation, any adversity, any breakup, any difficult scenario that you're facing in your life. God has not abandoned you. God is with you 
and he's there every step of the way. There is hope. And so that's what we do on this show. Conversations save lives. It's about knowing where to find hope. And I can't encourage you enough. If you know somebody who's struggling, or maybe you don't even know they're struggling, but you're willing to just open up the dialogue, ask them how they're doing, and be sincere about it, care about what's going on in their life, conversations will save lives. And it does begin with knowing God because from there, man, the sky is the limit. God is willing to use you and to take you at your word. Just let him know, God, I want to be used by you. Use me today. Use me in some way. I begin, I, I can guarantee you, you're going to see your world differently if you just have that conversation. For all of us here on the show, thanks for tuning in and being part of the conversation. Go and subscribe to the podcast at hopenet360.com slash podcast. Also, check out tonight's show notes. There are some helpful tips there in the processing of some of this because it's it's not going to end here with one episode week, but our show notes are there for you to connect further. And we'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Bye.